Welcome to the Breaking Through with Apollo podcast, hosted by Greg and Thomas Beckers. We're here to give you an inside look on the entertainment industry through the lens of an actor and a manager, and we're here to help you break through in your own career. Okay, so today we're here with Joe Sabatini. He produced Sabatino. Sabatino. What is Sabatino. Sabatino. There's a tennis player, Sabatini. <laughs> Sabatino. But it's good. Sabatino. I'm not a fan. <laughs> Go ahead. What did I say? Sabatini? Sabatini. Sabatini. Sabatino. It's common. It's common. <laughs> so anyway, he produced Necessary Roughness on USA for three years. Yep. Uh, then you were on a bunch of shows. You were on NCIS, Castle, NYPD Blue. Bunch of other ones you've been working for a while. Um, so, I, what I'd like to start with is I'd like to hear about how the producing happened because you were acting up until then, right? So, how did you get into Necessary Roughness? Um, it was about the time uh, I was working on NYPD Blue and I had become very good friends with Stephen Bacho and the producers that were on NYPD Blue. And at that time, I was also in a basketball game every Wednesday night and Saturdays with a very iconic television producer by the name of Gary David Goldberg. Gary uh, produced shows like Spin City, Family Ties, Brooklyn Bridge, Champs. Uh, He's probably produced and created nine television series executive produced and produced and written 20, 30 feature films. So major, major iconic television. Yeah, I'm writer been sitting. Yeah, okay, yeah, writer, film producer. So it was, I started talking with Gary about it. And I said, Gary, I think I have a pretty decent idea of a, for a television show. And he said, yeah, what is it? So I told him, he says, man, that's a great idea. Why don't you do something with it? And I said, I am, I'm talking to you. He said, you don't need me. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Of course I need you. You've done all of these you know, television shows and movies. He says, you don't need me. And I said, well, I think you're wrong. He said, no, because you're going, you're going to do it. And I'm like, how am I going to do it? And he says, well, you, you are a great storyteller, so you're going to start talking to people about your idea and it'll happen. And I'm like, I don't know about that. And he just told me, he said, you got to start talking to everybody about it. So at that time, I was working on NYPD Blue. Mm-hmm. And I was friendly with a lot of the producers on the show. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a shot. Let me ask Steven Bocco if I can produce, you know, talk to him about producing a show. So I remember walking up to his office. And then looking at his office, seeing his secretary, and then seeing him, you know, from a distance. And then I'd walk away. <laughs> and then I'd walk up, and then I'd walk away. <clears throat> and then when we were on the Fox lot, and uh, it just happened where I ran into him, and I said, hey, Stephen, how you doing? Hey, Joe, how you doing? I said, you know, I've been wanting to talk to you for, you know, a long time. And I, and I was a recurring actor on his show for all 11 years. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, I've been wanting to talk to you. I think I have a, you know, a really good, compelling idea for a TV show. So he said, okay. And I said, you know, it's a sports show about this, 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 this. And he said, you know what, Joe? Why don't we do this? He said, it sounds like you got a great idea, but why don't I just set you up with a meeting with my development team? Mm-hmm. And you go in and pitch my development team your story, 
And then what I'll do is, you know, I'll go over it with you and, you know, the notes they gave me, I'll tell you what you did right, what you did wrong, and maybe how, you know, I can help you in terms of, you know, pitching this out for you. So I said, okay. I remember leaving the lot and going, wow, I'm going to pitch this show, Steve Abacho's development team. We're going to get on television. Oh, yeah, this is done. So I really sat with it and just said, okay, what's this show? And, you know, just try to really think the show out. So I went in and pitched his development team, and they asked me all these questions. Some I was prepared for, and some I wasn't. And, uh, you know, because I was a neophyte, you know, yeah. I missed. So you know, it went good, and I, I think I did pretty good. And then we met, and he says, well, here's the deal. He says, first of all, I want to tell you, I don't do sports shows. If you look at anything I've ever done, it's always been, you know, cop or, you know, legal procedural type shows. And I said, okay. So he says, I think you got a great idea for a show. Here's some of the things you should think about. And he just went over think about this, that, and whatever. And I was like, oh, wow, I didn't even really haven't thought about that. And uh, so that was great. And so I, I got that information. I was like, hmm, that's cool. And then I sat down with Gary Goldberg, and we'd go to lunch a couple times, and I'd throw my ideas for the show. And, and I remember saying, Gary, please, just write it, just write it, you do it. Um, but, you know, it was funny. He said something to me that really hit home, and I never even thought about it. Because as an actor, when you're thinking in the actor mindset, you think differently than when you're thinking in the producer mindset. Mm -hmm. And the actor mindset, and I'm an actor, and when we think in the actor mindset, it's more about us. It's more about me, 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 me. And what, what can I do to further my career and, and whatnot? And Gary was the one that really said, listen, I'm gonna tell you a couple of things. You might like them, you might not like them, but, I think you know I've been pretty successful in this business. And I was like, yeah, sure, you've been very successful. And he said, you have to start thinking like a producer. And I was like, what do you mean? And then he said, you gotta stop thinking me, 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 and you know, and about your acting career. Because if you start trying to pitch a television show and you wanna be a producer, and when you go into a cable outlet or network, first question they're going to ask you is they're going to say, Angel, what part are you playing? Gotcha. And then if I, and if you sit there and go, well, I'm going to play this guy or I'm going to play that guy, you know what you just told them without you even saying it? You just told them, you know what, I'm an actor and I want to act and da 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 you know, let's just get the show on the air. So it looks like it's selfish. Huh? Right, exactly. You Absolutely. So he says, you've got to take yourself out of that and be a producer. Because now, as a producer, it's about the whole. It's about everybody. So I said, okay. So he says, I'm going to give you a word of advice. If anyone asks you what part you're going to be playing, you just say, you know what? I'm not playing any part. Thank God I never have to act again. I just want to produce. Yeah. And so I was like, okay. All right. So, uh, so that, that in and of itself was so valuable to me. And you know, he says, just start talking to everybody. So then I thought about it and I said, well, I don't have an agent. I don't have a literary agent. I've never produced anything in my life. Um, you know, I'm an actor that's, you know, a, a guest star, co-star actor. You know, 
working here and there. And back in the day, in the early 2000s, you know, it was easier to work because the business was all here in California. So I was like, okay, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell my agent that I want to get, I want him to send me out on everything because my career was getting pretty busy at the time. And, you know, they were just saying, Joe, you know what? You're just going for guest starring auditions or series regulars. Mm -hmm. And when you start doing that, your auditions get limited. Mm -hmm. But I said, no, that's not what we're going to do. I want you to send me out for any part possible. I don't care if it's one word, one line, um, you know, co-star, guest star, you just send me out. Because my thinking back then was, I just wanted to be on a set so that I can look and see who the producers were, who the director was, because I didn't have an agent submitting my show. And then I can look and go, hmm, what has this producer done? What has this director done? Who would be the best person for me to talk to that if they like my show idea, that I can set up a meeting with them, talk to them on set, get them interested, maybe set up a meeting the following, following week to talk to them in their office. Mm -hmm. So my agent said, well, I don't want to send you on everything. I'm, you know, I don't want to do that. And he didn't know I wanted to produce you know, a show. I said, well, listen, I just want to stop working more as an actor. I don't care what it is. And if you're not willing to send me on everything, then I'm in the wrong place. Mm -hmm. So we went back and forth, and he was like, all right, I'll just send you on everything. And what had happened was I started you know, auditioning for these parts and just booking. I was lucky and fortunate to book a lot of shows. And wherever I got on set, I really didn't even care about what my acting was. Mm -hmm. I was just looking to see who the producers and directors were, and do they have the clout that if they like the show, that they can move it around and get meetings at different networks or cable outlets. And literally, that's what I did for seven years. And I met with ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, um, you know, HBO. I met with everybody. So this is all through your acting, actually. So that, yeah. that was actually a different way to go into totally it. Different way. Totally different way. Totally different way. And I never pitched my show. Mm -hmm. I never sat down with anyone and said, hey, I got a great show idea. I, no. I kind of pitched my show without pitching it. And all I did was I would be on set, and whenever we broke, and I would look to see you know, who the director producers were, whoever had a you know, heavy resume, I wanted to sit down with them and have lunch with them. But I had to you know, find out who they were. So I would find out who they were, and then when we broke for lunch or dinner, I would see where they were. <laughs> and literally, I would be like, okay, I gotta get online right after them. Uh, and I'd get online right after them, you know, and, and it would be, I would, it was so crazy. I would literally like hang out, hang out, and see them get online and boom. And then I'd just be online, and being that I had a family sports show about football, it was pretty easy to strike up a conversation. Right. You know, if, if we were in football and not in football, I'd bring it, you know, to, hey, did you see that Jet game if we were in the season? Or yeah. can you believe the Jets are thinking about bringing this person on or whatever? And if they engaged me, I knew this was a show for them. Yeah. You know? So you kind of skewed them. Yeah. So I was like, oh, you know, you say, oh, the Jets, no, the Jets. You know, I'm the, I'm the Eagles guy. And I know, 
you know, I know football really well. I was like, no kidding. What about blah, 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 blah. And once I started talking to them about it, they were like, you know, hey, yeah, you're, you know, you're a fan, you're this, you're that, yeah, 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 yeah. And then my leading question would be, that's oh, so funny, you know, my sister is the team psychologist for the New York Jets. And invariably, everyone would go, are you kidding me? No way, really? And I would say, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's been, you know, I had a couple of tryouts with the Jets. She wanted to become a sports psychologist. So I had called the head of player personnel that I knew and got her the interview. And, uh, you know, he, it was funny because she would call and he would never call her back. And then I'd call him up and the guy's name was Jim Royer at the time for the Jets. And I was like, hey, Jim, show seven. You know, hey, man, how you doing? Blah, blah, blah. I said, hey, Jim, talk to that doctor. Yeah, but you know, I can't, I'm not busy. I go, you gotta call me, and she helped me so much because I played pro football in Italy. So I was like, she really helped me with my game and stuff like that. All right, I'll give her a call. So my sister would keep egging me on, call him, call him, get me that meeting, get me that meeting. So eventually, after two or three times, I finally got a meeting, she got the job, and boom. So then these guys were like, oh my gosh, so that's what your sister does. Yeah, and then I would tell them stories like, oh, you're not gonna believe this story, or you're not gonna believe that story. They're like, oh my gosh, that's so funny. And then when they were interested, invariably everyone would say this. Hey, have you ever thought of doing a television show like that? Mm -hmm. And this is what I would always say. No, you think there's a show there? And they would go, yeah, yeah. Huh. Well, what we should, I don't know, maybe I should come into your office next week. Let's talk about it. You think there's a show there? Yeah, oh my God, yeah, I think there is. And then that's what I do. Uh -huh. So basically, it was pitching a show without pitching a show. Yeah, it's, it's way better. Right? I think that's one of the biggest mistakes people make in general. They're right. like going direct for the ask. Yeah, because no one has the patience. And I looked at it this way, where, you know, I... My life is dedicated to show business, and I knew I'm going to be doing this, doing this for the rest of my life. So it doesn't matter how long it takes, because yeah. this is what I'm doing until you know that fateful day they put me in the box. Yeah. Um, so I just figured, you know what? Let me go for it. And what I find today with a lot of people is because I've sold shows now. People come to me, hey, I have a great idea for a show. Blah, 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 blah. What do you think? <laughs> you know, and yeah, it's like a desperation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even now, pitching a show, you know, it's it's totally different because now it's you know, like I just showed you, know, I got two boxing uh, reality shows that I have development deals right. on that were going out uh, another two to four weeks, uh, and possibly a third reality show that I might have a development deal on, and a scripted show that I do have a development deal on. And, um, you know, it's, it's a process of doing this. And just the way you go about, you know, presenting your show, you know, it's just, I think you have to come from, you know, a place of, like, gratefulness and, mm -hmm. and just easy. And, you know, this is my yeah. idea. And, you, and try to just frame it up where, I want to say something, and then you want to get the person to bite on it and let them tell you about what they think. Yeah, and it, so, it sounds like a lot of what you've done has come through your relationships totally. that you spent a lot of time on. About. It wasn't like, hey, three months, I'm just going to go direct and cold pitch everyone. 
and just get in the door like that. Totally. So is that is that? Let's talk a little bit about that because I feel like that's an important thing, especially now because everyone's so instant gratification, and and especially the younger generation, and, and, and everyone's like, oh, what can I do now, 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 and asking and being aggressive. And I I see this all the time, even when I go to like events. Everyone's going like a salesman, like, here's my card, I'm doing this, and I want to do this. And I'm like, instead of actually taking a genuine interest in the other person, right. and actually building a relationship, which you'd want to do anyway, I would hope, because mm -hmm. if you're going to work with this person, Agreed. and you can tell me more about this, but you probably spend a lot of time with these people. Oh, yeah. And so if you, if you don't even like the person that much, is that, that's not worth it. Oh, yeah. Right. I've had, um, you know, I've written shows where, you know, People that I work with, um, I just, you know, they kind of, it's funny when you're producing and writing and you start to get close on a deal, you start to see the real personality of everyone. Because now everybody thinks the moment you close a television deal, you're an instant millionaire. That's not the case. Um, and when you are formulating the idea and writing the idea. Everybody's just being creative and everything's cool. But when you start to get close to a deal, and you feel the money coming in, and you feel money coming in, you know, you start to see everybody's real personality. thinking that. And I've been in situations where I was at Netflix with a show, and they were very, very interested in it. And you know, people that I were working with, they started to, um, you know, I want this and I want that and I want this when they haven't done anything and sort of making demands. I was like, well, well, wait a minute, that's not how this goes. I've already done this, that's not how it goes. Yeah, but I want this and they want to do the show. And I was like, hmm. And I sat back and I thought about it. And I just said, you know what, I, I don't want to, I don't want to do it anymore. Because if you're going to be like that now, Oh my gosh, wait till we really go down the road. Where does it stop? So I just didn't do anything with the project. And since then, I've had a couple of people ask me about, you know, the script and stuff. And I was like, no, I'm not doing anything with it. It's just not worth it to me at this stage of the game. So I think it's really good, you know, to come from, you know, a, a, a place of, of gratefulness and you know, Gary Goldberg was the guy that really taught me this. And if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have ended up selling necessary office because I would have blown the deal. Right. Because he said to me, on the first season when I resell a show, you never get the deal you want, especially if you haven't done anything before. So he said, listen, you're not going to get the deal you want, but you got to remember what your end goal or your mission is. And your mission is to get a show deal. Mm -hmm. Good, bad, or different, you want to show you because you want to get to the table to eat. And then what you want to do is you want to bet on your show. And what he meant by betting on the show was you want to you know, bet on it that it'll get renewed. Mm -hmm. Because whether you sign when you do a show deal, more than likely you probably negotiate like in your term, you'll negotiate a three year contract. Right. So that when it gets renewed, you know, the studio, the network, no. Okay, this is what they're getting paid. And I told Gary, I said, yeah, but I'm getting this, you know, this crappy contract or whatever. He goes, it's better on your show. He says, and this is what's going to happen. 
the show goes, you do a season, that's great. If they renew it, all your attorney is going to do is make a call and say, listen, why don't we bring Joe up to industry standards mm -hmm. now? And they will. Because yeah. they want your show. And that's exactly what happened. So the second and third year were really fruitful and a lot of fun. That's yeah, that's, that's, I think that's even good advice for it. even actors anyway, is just get in the door first yep. before you start. And do your thing you know, a little bit. Show yeah. them. Show them what yeah. you're doing. And, and, and also what Gary told me was, he was you only have one job, and, and this is for actors as well, you only have one job when you're there, mm -hmm. and that's to make everybody fall in love with you. Right. Yeah. yeah. Especially so when they want you back. Yeah. You know, so... Producing, same thing. Acting, same thing. Yeah. You know? I think what I really like as well is like when you talk about gratitude, like even when you see actors talking about their reps, they're like, oh, such and such isn't getting me out. Or instead of saying like, what can I do to help my agent or manager? What, how can I support them to give me more additions? Do I have to update headshots in certain classes? Like, how do I make their life easier? And I have so many actors in my class and other places who will always say, Oh, I need to get my submissions because they're not sending me out or something. But I'm like, what have you done to make their job easier? Have you done every little thing they asked? And if they haven't asked, have you reached out to them, made their life easier? So that's kind of what I hear when you talk about the producing. I was kind of correlating the two. Was um, you know, you gauge an interest and you start to like get them jazzed up. You made it about them, in other words, instead of your own show and your own self. Right. You made it about them. You absolutely. And, and another thing that everybody thinks too is. Like from an actor's point of view, and this is what I always used to think, oh wow, I know the producer, wow, he can hook me up, he can hook me up. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's why I would get frustrated, because I would be like, man, I know this producer, he's not hooking me up. Yeah. Well, first of all, what a lot of actors don't realize is there's probably six or seven different producerial titles on right. the show. Yeah. Um, and if you're not the quote-unquote writing you know, EP, executive producer on the show, you're really not going to, unless, you know, it's a family member, you're really not going to push too much for the actor because you got to watch out for your own job. Right. You know, so it's more of, um, you know, it, it, they really can't do too much. Yeah, and, and it makes sense from their perspective. If they make a mistake exactly. or they choose or they do a favor, let's say, and then the, the person's gonna never trust their opinion again. Exactly. So, so that's it. So, and then even if you're the writing executive producer, if you're not that powerful of a writing executive producer, you still have to go to the network and keep yeah. around there. So I always used to go, I, and it would get me frustrated. Now it's like, you can say, oh, I'm a producer. Okay, great. Yeah. So, I Being that you've done very well in both acting and producing, do you gain any more joy out of either one or the other? Do you get equal? Like artistically, do you feel as yeah never fulfilled when you're producing as when you're acting, or do you have a preference for one? And um, do I have a preference? I think the big thing that I've thought about is I don't even know how I got cast in anything. Because when you look at how many different variables there are to hire an actor, yeah. it's really not just the best actor. It's, mm -hmm. you know, is that actor too good looking to be opposite my star? Is that actor too tall, too short, to this, to that? Does this person fit better? What's that energy look like? You know, so there's a lot of different things that come into it. Um, I think now 
there's a lot less pressure on me as an actor when I'm going in and auditioning because it's I'm just going in and reading. And, you know, the chips go where they may because they know there's so many more variables. Then when I show up on set, I know, you know what? When I see the PA, hi, I'm Joe, I'll be in my trailer, just call me when you need me. That's all they want you to do. Right. I don't have to be on set trying to, you know, be friendly with everybody. Just call me when you need me. I'll have my lines down. I'm just going to show up. And if I'm that guy that can show up, be effortless when I act, they love it. I love it. You know, mm -hmm. when they call the actor to the set, it's not like the actor won't come out of the dress, his dressing room or her dressing room. <laughs> and then you have to go and see what's going on. You know, there's a lot of things that, that go on. But I think now I'm just more, I'm more grateful of the whole process, whether it's acting, producing, writing. I'm very, um, I'm very grateful. And where I was as an actor, I would be like, ah, this line is, nah, I don't know about this line. Well, I've had this script for maybe a week, a couple of weeks, where that writer's had that script for four, five, six months. And it's, put, yeah, and it's put all their blood, sweat, and tears into that line. Yeah. So now before I think of changing a line or altering a line, and I really think, wow, I gotta make this work. Yeah, you know? I think that's, that's, that's really good because like, it blows my mind when actors, even in auditions, are like changing lines completely. I'm just like, you can't do that. Like, you're spitting on the writer's words. Well, yeah, they're just, you know, you know, that's, they're just being a little lazy, you know, with their you know, auditioning process. But, yeah, it, you gain, even the producers, like, being a producer is more like being a, you know, you're a businessman, you're a business executive. Yeah. And there's a lot of, you know, a lot that goes into that as well. So, you know, the whole process to me, What's nice is now when I walk on a set, I can just look at it in a broad scope and know what everyone's doing. Right. So there's now I'm like, hey, check, okay, I'll do my trail. Oh, yeah. So I kind of know when the PAs, you know, I check in with them, I know what's going on in that PA world. And when I have to go to makeup, I know what's going on in the whole makeup world and how they have to get the actors prepped and ready and everything. Right. Um, you know, when it, uh, you know, the sound people, set design, you know, I could just see it now. It's probably also a lot more appreciation for everything oh, that's going absolutely. on. I think sometimes when, when you're only, like, been acting in the beginning, yeah. you don't realize how much stuff is yeah. going on around you, you see, you know, when you see the set decoration and, you know, the detail, it's amazing. It's mm -hmm. amazing. So, yeah, definitely a lot more appreciation, a lot more gratitude, and I'm kind of humbled by, you know, just everything that I see. So what I'd like to ask you too is what have you seen, especially on the producer's side, but even on the acting side, how actors sometimes shoot themselves in for the things that they do where they just really hurt their chances? Okay, that's a good question. <laughs> oh my gosh. I gotta be nice. Oh, you don't have to be nice at all, actually. You know, one of the big things is like a lot of actors, um, who, you know, I always love this, like when the actor's on the show and they're like, my character doesn't, you know, wouldn't do this or my character wouldn't do that. And I always laugh because of, like, we wrote your character. <laughs> so we, you know, it's not your character that you're portraying it, but, you know, 
we created this. This is, you know, so I love how, I mean, at least the actor has to do is take ownership of it. But I think their smart actor is more of, you know, they're not going to say, my character won't do this, my character won't do that. It's more of, it has to be a collaboration between the actor and the writer, uh, you know, when you're that quote-unquote series regular. Because you always see that when the uh, actor first starts, for some reason, he or she never has, a, never has any questions about their character. It's just they make it work. Uh, you know, but then it's like human nature, the more you know, we get comfortable in something, we start to settle in. You know, this is about me. No, it's it's a collaboration. And I think that we are, even though we're all passionate about our business, it is a very high pressure, um, very tough business. And when you're there and you're working and you've sold a show and you're, or you're acting on a show, you know, sometimes you say to yourself, this is what all the struggle was about. Oh my gosh. You know? But you just have to really remember and say, yeah, this is what all the struggle was about. And I think you just have to really be appreciative and grateful for it because it's almost like when you sell a show uh, as a producer or you're acting on a show, you know, I think all the, all the moons and the planets and the solar system must have aligned right. for that to happen. And I, I just think you have to have that, that wherewithal to just no, wow, I'm fortunate to be living this experience right now. Yeah, I think, I think that's a great way to, to just live a better life, is to live with more gratefulness and kindness. Right. But even if you're not just doing it for that, you should just do it because that'll come into your Absolutely. life. It's like, it's like, like attracts like. Absolutely. So, totally agree. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. I'd like to ask you one more. It's going to be, uh, mm -hmm. it's going to make you think from way back. Oh, I can't um, think. <laughs> <laughs> but like, if, let's say, if you could start your career all over, when did you start? How old were you when you started? I was uh, 28 years old and my, I did my first movie in New York and got my, was on my first soap opera in New York. Oh, what is it? Which soap opera was it? Ryan Soap. Okay. So, <laughs> I worked, uh, I always worked opposite Grant Show. Because Grant was this detective, a young detective, and I was the young uniformed officer in the show. So yeah, interesting. So, 20, yeah. so if you could go back, like, is there anything that you would not change? Because obviously you, you you are where you are and type of thing. But it's like, what would you? What type of advice would you give your younger self to? I guess speed up your acting or mistakes that Absolutely. you saw that you were like, oh, I could have cut out like five years time if yeah. I chose this school instead of. Yeah, it's like what's great question. Yeah, yeah it's like people always say, "What would you do different?" And I love all those people that say, "Man, I wouldn't do anything different." I think that's bullshit. I, I, I would do everything different. I'm sorry, that's, that's the way it is. Uh, so that is a great question, and there's a couple things that I would do. I was, I always had a sales job when I was pursuing an acting career because, you know. How can you make? Do you make a living when you're starting out? So I would probably still do that, but I would put the emphasis as being an actor. I would put just as much emphasis on on learning how to be a writer, mm -hmm. and I would put just as much emphasis on learning how to be a producer. But you see, today you're so much more luckier than I was back 
20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Because today, everybody can make their own stuff. And you can get it on you know, the computer. You can go to the different studios and you know, they have all these little you know, webisodes and you know, all that stuff. So I think I would be more, I would have concentrated more on writing, learning how to be a producer, maybe get a job being that I dedicated my life to this, maybe start as a PA early on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I'm not acting or if I know someone, jump on a, you know, show for three weeks, six weeks, two months, and learn what that's about. And learn as much of the different aspects of television and film producing, because here's why. Not only are we just learning what that world is, but more importantly, what we touched on before is we're creating relationships. And if this is the world you want to mm-hmm. exist in, then you got to create relationships. Yeah, and, and even though it's a cliche and everyone like knows that theoretically, it's crazy how, how few people actually spend time on that. Like I, I know on my side, I'm always pushing my actors to do more things in that area because usually no one has a problem working on their craft. Yeah, they usually enjoy that. But yeah, and, uh, the, 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 not, I don't want to call it networking because networking kind of has like a kind of like sleazy yeah. word to it, but building relationships. Right, right. But no, it, it's so important. Uh, and in my business career in the entertainment business, when I think of all the producers that I know, mm-hmm. and all I would have had to say is, "Hey, can I get a job on your show?" Even <laughs> like, yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. I actually started as a PA and did that and, and known everybody. And but I was, you know, I want to be an actor. I want to be an actor. And I think that was the wrong move. I think by learning how to do everything would make you a better actor. Yeah. Plus, on the on the other on the you're also giving at that point. Like if you're a PA, you're actually contributing to and helping their life. Right. So you're not just taking. Yeah, and and I think too. One of the other things that Thomas, I think you had mentioned, you know, he said, you know, as an actor, how can I help my agent? You know, how can they job? How can I make their job easier? Mm-hmm. But I think that's just in general, because I'll speak to everybody. You know, people come to me and say, "Hey, Joe, what do you think? Of this would you want to team up with me and pitch this mm-hmm. thing?" And it's, it's, you know, it's all about their agenda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you never have, and and I. And I'm at fault with this too when I meet producers. I was like, what could you do for me? I never thought about, hey man, how can I help you out? Mm-hmm. You know? So I think now when I meet people and you, you talk to them, it's, you know, I, I try to come from you know, that point of view. Yeah. You know? Is there any way that I can help this person out? Mm-hmm. So. And, and, and you, A, you feel a lot better doing that. Yeah. It feels less like, okay, I'm just taking and right. But it also comes back to you, and that—it's—it's it's like what we were talking about earlier. Like energy attracts energy. Like that might be a little spiritual, but no, I, I, not true to that. I totally agree. Yeah. And, and another thing too was—I remember when I came out here as a bouncer in a number of nightclubs. I was like, I want to meet all the casting directors. Mm-hmm. Worst thing in the world I could have done. Really interesting. Why? Why? Worst thing in the world because even though I worked a lot, I never got a job from someone that I knew in casting. Interesting. That I knew because. They would see me, you know, and I was a little bigger at the time. When yeah. I came out, and I'm this guy from New York. Yeah. And they see me bouncing at a nightclub, and they're like, "Oh yeah, you're a New York bouncer." And that's all they saw me as. Mm-hmm. So, 
So because of the, the, that, that little yeah, night job, I guess, yeah, it's it's like yeah. that. Yeah. So if I come in and I'm going to be, you know, playing this husband that's been abused, they're not going to hire me. Or, right. for instance, when I read for uh, Time Cop 2, they brought me in to be um, Officer O'Hara with a thief, with a, with a thick Irish brogue. If anyone knows me, and I come in doing an Irish rogue. They're gonna laugh. I go, Joe, thanks. Have a great day. You made me laugh. And I remember talking to my agent. They say, Hey, you know, it's five scenes in this movie. It'd be great. Opposite Jason Scott Lee. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, Darn. And when I was a kid, my dad and I we would always joke around with this Irish accent. And so I could do a pretty good Irish accent. But I said, I remember calling my agent. I said, Who's the casting people? And they read the names. I go, I don't know them. They go, ah, I wish you knew someone. I go, no, I don't want to know anyone in that room. Because I just want to come in, do an Irish accent, and they'll take me serious. Versus someone I know and knows my personality joking around. They go, ah, you're just screwing around. And mm-hmm. as fate would have it, I didn't know anyone in the room. I was like, great. Went in there, did it, and booked it. That's so interesting. So, so you, you all saying, like, you don't want to get too close. Like, exactly. you, you, want, you want to be known to casting as a good exactly. actor. But I don't want to know that. Yeah, like they want to like be familiar with you. They're like, oh, hey, Joe, because they've seen you. Right. But you don't want to be like their best, best friend. Exactly. Because they're going to see you as this and have a hard time. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what happens with the kids, people I know. And then, and then when you come in, like I want to come in on a clean slate. Mm-hmm. Like they know me. Hey, they know I work. Okay, cool. I want to come in on a clean slate so I can do my thing. And they look at me and they go, wow. Because once I know them, and back in the day when we used to have, you know, have to bring our resume in and they look and go, oh my gosh, look at all these credits. And I don't want to talk to them about my resume. Right. I just want to go in, you know, if it's a dramatic part, I want to do a dramatic part. If it's uh, you know, a comedic part, I just want to do a comedic part. And one of the funny things is I, I love you know, the casting people that would always say, oh, you know, I like to talk to the actor, you know, once they come in to relax them. And I, and I always want to say this to the casting people, you know, you're going to talk to an actor. Why? You're not relaxing them. They have to perform for you. So right. why not just have that, you know, person come in and they have all of this dialogue, you know, up in their head. And when they're talking to you, they're using maybe, you know, 3% of their brain to have this conversation. Right. Let them do their performance. And then, you know, if you, if the casting person, you know, maybe doesn't like it, say, hey, try it like this. Let them do it. Then if you want to talk to them, talk to them after. Yeah. So where, where's the line? Because also, like you're saying, you don't want to become like best, best buddies and so that they right. you in the box. But where's the line where you're building a relationship right. that they bring you in again? Because that is important. Like if they're getting, they're getting 5,000 submissions I, for one role. Absolutely. Any advantage, if they know you did, they have a higher chance you know, of bringing you Where's that line? Yeah, my thought is basically, I think that the casting people, I mean, the actor, maybe should know, um, maybe do a workshop here and there <laughs> so they go, hey, wow, you're pretty good. But I think getting, I'm just not a fan of being buddy-buddy. I think it comes down to, you want to have that representation that gets you in front of the people. And I think the line is, you want to be professional. You want to, when you walk in, it's it's all perception. It's, I want to come in, hey, how are you doing? How are you doing? Great. 
questions. No, I think I'm ready to go with this. And you just throw it out there, bam, nail it, and then leave. And I don't, you know, in my years now, you know, if they want to, you know, I know their name, I'm friendly with them, but to go out for coffee and drinks, I just, I don't, I don't, that's, I don't, it's tough, isn't it? Because, no, it is tough. But because you always wonder, like, what if you're, let's say you're an actor and you haven't been in for that office almost ever, and, but then you have an opportunity maybe to get to know them over coffee, whatever, you know. And then it, it's just tough because I know with me it's helped and it's hurt because okay. they see me as this New York guy with a New York accent. Right. Then if the person doesn't know me, if I come in on a, for a role and I have to play a tough guy, I'm not coming in smiling, so people go, oh, you know, he's like this, you know, strong, you know, tough guy kind of guy. But then if someone knows me, and then if they know me back in the day, when I was, you know, playing around with stand-up comedy and stuff, they would be like, oh, Joe's a comic, he's not a serious guy. Mm. So once they start to know you, you know, you kind of, it's like a double-edged sword. But I know, as a producer now, putting the producer hat on, when I would get, uh, when I would get auditions from actors, and I didn't know the actor, it didn't matter. You know, if I know the actor, I'm like, there's a couple of well-known actors that I know, mm -hmm. and I see them act, and they're very, very good actors. They're celebrities, mm -hmm. but I know that, and I can't buy them when they're on screen. I just look at them and I go, I just can't buy it because they'll do a scene. Oh, that's his real personality. Oh, now they're acting, and I can't, I can't buy it. So, for me, you know, when someone says, "Well, what should you know, person do?" I think, I think it's being professional, and I think that. It's just being you when you meet someone. Hey, how you doing? Keep your strength with you. You know, you're in, you're out. Uh, because as as that producer, when I get the tapes on now casting and look at who I want to cast, I'm just looking for the solid actor, mm -hmm. and I'm hoping that he or she is a, a nice person because I'm going to be on set with them for 12 hours. And if it's a big part, I'm going to hire them. I'm going to call around. I'm going to go on IMDb, see what they've done. If I know any of the producers on there, I'm going to call them up and say, hey, if they can hire this person, what do you think of them? So that's where, that's where that resume does become really important. Mostly. I always trust them. If it's someone that I really got to depend on, mm -hmm. I'm going to call a couple of people and say, tell me about that. Oh, stay away. Okay, thank you. That's why, that's why I think, and I talk to actors about this too, it's like, it's not that you can't, let's say, book a series read if you only have like one or two co-stars. It's that it's just a lot harder because the trust isn't there. You know what I mean? Right. Like they don't know you can like, and, and then if they have to call around, you've barely been on anything. Exactly. So. Exactly. Yeah. Some question as well. You said that, you know when you're looking at tapes, what do you think makes an actor stand out? A tape that you say, that's Good point. they got something because I guess they call it X factor, whatever you want to yeah, call yeah, it. Great because there's a lot of great actors who yeah. do great tapes, yeah. but only one what makes it you know, one person. To it's get funny, it. and this is how it goes. So I know for us. That first 10, 15 seconds has got to be like right on. Mm -hmm. And you know, when you're doing your audition, my my biggest thing was, and, and both Gary and Steven said to me, they go, you know, it's funny that when an actor comes in the room, I probably know in about three or four seconds of casting them. Interesting. Yeah. In three, three or four, four seconds. seconds. So what, what's that based on? Yeah, is that, yeah. is that based on the yeah, right. Yeah. So now I know the character I've written. Yeah. I know the character I've written, so 
I'm reading, you know, characters to play, you know, this detective. I know the character I see in my brain. So I see this as like a, uh, you know, gumshoe detective, uh, older, 50s, you know, maybe a little out of shape, five o'clock shadow, mm -hmm. um, maybe just like a little, I don't want to say hunched over, but just, you know, he doesn't stand up tall. A little beaten down. Yeah, a little beaten down in his life. And uh, maybe he's got a little rasp in his voice when yeah. he talks. So I know that now. Yeah. So now when I'm looking at this character, boom, I see him physically. Is that what I was thinking? Yeah, okay. Next thing, I'm looking for a little gravel in his voice. He says, hi, I'm so-and-so. Yeah, that's not the guy. So at that point, it doesn't yeah, really matter how he's Because it's just not there. Right. Yeah. Um, but... That's interesting because I want to talk about that too because sometimes you'll have actors like that will get brought in. I think it's pretty wild when those actors are like, you know, I'm just not right for that. It's good for you. Exactly. And I can't tell you how many casting people I've worked for over and over and over. So we did have some technical malfunctions at the last couple of minutes of the interview with Joe, which is why it's cut off where it just cut off. Uh, we had both our backup and the main malfunction which is very rare uh, so sadly the last two three minutes are cut off um, just when where Joe was expanding about casting directors and how many he's worked with he was saying that all the casting directors he's worked with a lot of times they don't even know exactly what they're looking for and even when they do there's been many times where they've changed their minds on certain roles, even how they were written or how they how they uh, were casting it. So that's important to remember, and that's where he was getting at, is that it's better to just go in always and make sure that you do the audition because at the end of the day, you don't know what casting wants and sometimes they don't even know what they want. So it's important to just get in there and basically change their mind or let them see you so they, you might get, have a take on the audition that they didn't even think of or that that just blew them away and nowadays like oh let's do that you just don't know so it's always beneficial uh, to going for the audition and that's what Joe was getting at that it blows his mind that actors sometimes say oh I don't think I'm right for this or I don't think this is a fit for me when all when casting changes their mind constantly uh, and he and you should always be grabbing every opportunity that you can get. So and that's what uh, he was going to talk about a little bit. Uh, again, sorry that we had technical malfunction, but thank you, Joe, for coming on. Uh, we look forward to talking to you again, and we'll keep an eye out on all his projects that are coming up. He's got a few coming up, so definitely keep an eye on that, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Please subscribe to our podcast and stay updated on new episodes every week. Check out our show notes for our contact info and social media and hit us up with any questions you may have.